0: You're listening to Blood on the Tracks on TMB DOS Radio, a monthly, hour-long exploration and celebration of film soundtracks and scores. Hello and welcome back to Blood on the Tracks, a podcast that is an exploration and celebration of movie soundtracks and scores. I'm your host, Lee Russell, and we're at episode 6, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, we've gone half a year now with this podcast which is exciting I didn't expect to go this long with it this little sub podcast of they must be destroyed on site but people seem to like it and I'm enjoying the hell out of just going down these rabbit holes of music uh, just finding more and more stuff that I either didn't know about or had forgotten about from years past and yeah it's a lot of fun this episode is going to be part one of a two-parter that will continue over into October, we are going to be looking at North American-produced slasher films from the 1980s. So this first episode is going to be focusing on slasher films from 1980 to 1984. As you can probably imagine, most of the tracks on this playlist are going to be front-loaded for the years 1980, 1981, and 1982. In fact I think I only have one selection from 83 and one from 84 on this list. That tells you how hard it is to find anything of quality to sort of put on here. So uh, I did do a lot of digging, Uh, there was a lot of stuff that was just not great quality out there. A lot of the stuff of course is just straight up YouTube rips. So. Some stuff I just, I didn't want to put on because it just sounded like crap. So that sort of limited what I could put on here. I was originally not going to try to have as many obvious selections on here from sort of big time slasher films, but I ended up with a bit more on here than I had hoped just because I needed to fill up the list and, you know, like I said, (laughs) couldn't quite find as much obscure stuff as I had hoped. But still, I think this is a pretty good playlist and I think you guys are going to enjoy it. We're going to jump right into three songs from a Canadian composer uh, by the name of Paul Zaza, who came into prominence as far as slasher films goes in the early 1980s. No coincidence there. And also no coincidence that this was around the time that the Canadian tax shelter films really came to prominence as well. Basically, everyone who wanted to make a horror movie, they could go to Canada and get their tax break and make it on the cheap and then sell it in the U.S. for lots of money. That's the way to do it. So we're going to look at some tracks from him. Uh, They're fairly varied in what genres they sort of jump over to. The first one we're going to look at is Prom Night 2 from Prom Night from 1980. Of course, a Jamie Lee Curtis film that is probably best known and remembered just because... Jamie Lee Curtis was in it. Otherwise, it's not necessarily all that great. Then we're going to look at Amanda's Nightmare from Curtains, another obscure Canadian-produced film from 1983. That one has John Vernon in it, uh, Samantha Agger. It's about actresses going to director John Vernon's uh, isolated house during the winter for a casting call for his latest film. And there's a very memorable killer who sports a hag's mask, who in one scene chases one of the victims on a frozen pond ice skating, which is a pretty cool scene. I still remember it from my childhood. I I need to go back and watch that film because I haven't seen it in a long, long time. Okay, and then we're going to end off with a film that was filmed in my home province of Nova Scotia, right up in the Sydney Mines area of Cape Breton, and that would be My Bloody Valentine from 1981, and we're going to be looking at The Ballad of Harry Warden, from that and it's uh it has a very authentic sort of cape breton folk music uh feel to it so it's very very good so we're going to jump into those i'm going to try to minimize the talking i don't think i'll be talking as long about the other tracks as we uh go along here but yeah we're going to jump into the music now and we'll be back (laughs)
1: In a place known as Aniger Mine A legend began Every woman and man Would always remember the time And those who remained Were never the same You could see the fear in their eyes Once every year As the 14th draws near There's a hush all over the town For the legend they say on a Valentine's Day Is a curse that'll live on and on And no one will know as the years come and go Of the horror from long time ago Twenty years came and went And everyone spent the 14th in quiet regret And those still alive know the secret survives In the darkness that looms in the night For the legend they say on a Valentine's Day Is a curse that'll live on and on And no one will know as the years come and go Of the horror from long time ago In this little town when the 14th comes round There's a silence and fear in the air Remember the morn that the legend was born All the shock and the horror was there Oh, the legend they say on a Valentine's Day Is a curse that'll live on and on And no one will know as the years come and go Of the horror from long time ago And no one will know, as the years come and go, of the horror from long time ago.
0: Right, we just had three selections from Paul Zaza. Of course, one of them was from Prom Night, starring Jamie Lee Curtis, who went on to be a little bit of a scream queen in the early 80s, doing a bunch of slasher films and other assorted horror films. She just recently posted on Twitter, I believe, that she's in talks or had a cup of coffee with the people making the new Halloween film, if that ever happens. I know John Carpenter is behind it in some form or fashion and wants to do the score for it Uh, you know if you can believe any of this news i don't know who knows but either way we'll look at a couple more films that she was in first off we're going to look at a killer aboard from terror train from 1981 by john mills cockle yeah this one's interesting just because it has the gimmick of the killer basically taking the uh well there's a costume party halloween costume party i guess on the train and the killer is taking the costumes of his victims. He'll come up and kill them and then take their costume, which is an effective little gimmick. I like that. It was pretty cool. Not the greatest slasher film ever, but it is least memorable for that. Then we'll move on to the Halloween II theme from Halloween two from 1981 by John Carpenter and Alan Holrath. I love this a lot more than the main title track from the original Halloween. That might be Blasphemy, uh, in some people's minds, but uh, I just like it. it. There's something a little even more synthetic and cold about it than the original one. It, it's it's really John Carpenter going into full synthesizer mode here, uh, uh, just going crazy, and uh, I really, really do like it. So we're going to look at that. Then we're going to go to On the Prowl from the 1981 film Final Exam. Kind of a derivative sort of throwaway ripoff of basically Halloween to a certain extent here. Uh, The killer is never really explained, but to the point where it's kind of annoying rather than it's mysterious. uh, It's just a dude. It's just a dude. Yeah, I think the most memorable thing about this for me is that I actually own the novel adaptation for it. (laughs) Which uh, wasn't all that great either. It didn't really explain the killer any better as far as I can remember. And then we'll end off with a more funny, cheery, uh, upbeat note before we go to our break. It's going to be Slay Rider from Silent Night, Deadly Night from 1984 by Morgan Ames. This is an interesting one. This score is massive. There's just a ton of stuff from Perry Botkin who just basically did the original score for Silent Night, Deadly Night but then you had this Morgan Ames character who did a bunch of basically fake Christmas songs that's they stuck in there. It it's fun. So there you go. We're we're going to look at that stuff and then we're going to go to our break and we'll be back for the second half of the show.
2: The night before Christmas Day Santa's out there with toys and his sleigh It's so exciting to know welcome to hello this is the doom show
0: i'm richard and i hate the burning Shh. who are you speak <laughs> and i'm brad she came in and
2: said bark, 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 and he said bark, 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 and she said bark, 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 and that's what i got one is the Susperia boner the other's the inferno boner <laughs> which, anyway which one is crying boner of tears. <laughs> Hello, this is the Doomed Show is available on Hello Doomed and Doomed
0: back and now we're going to be switching our focus to slashers in the woods, probably the central subgenre of the entire slasher genre. I think probably the majority of slasher films at least in the early 80s surrounded that sort of premise. In fact, I, I'm I'm pretty sure throughout the entire slasher genre, the majority of them kind of fit that premise, whether it's a summer camp or an excursion out into the wilderness somewhere. Something along those lines. Something that isolates everybody and and, and makes them potential victims for a lone killer or perhaps even a pair of killers. That's what you get. It's the the classic setup for this sort of stuff. So, we're going to start off with probably the most famous. uh, It's not my favorite series, but it's definitely the most famous series as far as camp counselors getting murdered. That would be the Friday the 13th series. And the man behind the music for that is, of course, Harry Manfredini. Yeah, he just did it all man, took a theme and ran with it, almost all of his soundtracks sound pretty much the same, Um, although there's some pretty neat differences in a lot of them as well and I think he's even either licensed his music out to or has scored new music for the Friday the 13th video game that's out now, so he's still working and he did all kinds of other shit too, I mean this guy was very prolific in slasher films and just all kinds of other stuff as well very accomplished composer, so we're going to be looking at a song he composed that was sung by Angela Rotella, I believe, and it's from Friday the 13th from 1980 it's called Sail Away Tiny Sparrow then we're going to move over to a really fun sort of uh, kind of disco-y, kind of pop music-y kind of thing from Friday the 13th Part 3 there'll be the theme from Friday the 13th Part 3 from 1982. After we do that, we'll come back for some more Slasher in the Woods goodness. Jason Voorhees out of our system we're gonna look at some more Slasher in the woods we're gonna look at one that's fairly iconic kind of offbeat and fun and some will say that the score is actually much more interesting than the entire movie itself I don't think I'd necessarily agree there although the movie is not necessarily a classic but I do have a love for it anyway and that would be Song of Madman Mars from Madman from 1982 done by Gary Sayles after that we're going to look at one of my favorite actually this is my favorite slasher film hands down it's just the one that creeps me out the most the one i enjoy the most i think it has a overall menacing uh, feel of dread to it that just hasn't been captured by any other sort of slasher in the woods. And that would be the opening theme from Just Before Dawn from 1981 by Brad Fidel. Very interesting use of uh, nature sounds and whistles and uh, electronic stuff on top of that. Very, very good stuff. Very creepy. And the, the way the whistles end up playing into the film itself later on. It is a pretty unnerving score, I think. Then we're going to move on to... Another great slasher film, uh, underappreciated one, and that'd be The Burning from 1981. We're going to look at the theme from that by Rick Wakeman of Yes Fame. Did a really interesting soundtrack for this one. Brought his uh, off his prog rock pedigree to the forefront on this one, and uh, it's a fun little score. And then we're going to cap off this segment of the show with You're Just What I've Been Looking For. Angela's theme from Sleepaway Camp from 1982 and this is done by Frank Vinci I don't know if he does the vocals for this but who's ever doing the vocals for this uh, has fun by uh, using the Mick Jagger inflection from the song Angie whenever he says Angie in this, uh, in this song so once we get through this we'll be back with two more tracks to round out the rest of the show and I think you'll like those as well see you in a couple minutes
1: He's real.
3: Lore of the campfire, telling of his horror, lost in
1: the woods with the madman and the stars, don't laugh at the tales, heed if you call.
0: going to close out part one of our two-part look at slasher films from North America from the 1980s and we're going to do that with two tracks here. First off we're going to look at a track from Slumber Party Massacre from 1982. This is the main titles from that done by Ralph Jones. Sounds like a very on-the-cheap soundtrack but I really do love it because it's just so heavy with organ music and it's just really really well done. I, I really do admire just how well he pulled this off. And uh, I, know, I think there's a mix of real organ and just synthetic as well in there. I could be mistaken. It might all be synth. And if it is, it sounds really goddamn good. I'm a sucker for good organ music. And this one delivers on that. Although it's weird. It's, it sounds like it should be for some gothic horror movie. When really it's a horror movie about a bunch of uh, attractive women uh, in little or no clothing being murdered by a guy with a power drill what can you do? It's the 1980s. Then we're going to cut off with Maniac's theme main titles from Maniac from 1980, the great Joe Spinell film and this is done by Jay Chataway. Some people will argue that Maniac probably isn't really a slasher film so much as it is a psychological horror film but I see most people categorize it as a slasher film anyway or a psychological slasher film so there you go we're gonna let it count because goddamn is this one of the best horror scores ever done some of the tracks have Joe Spinell voice in them or his breathing in them as is the case with this and uh, I love it it's fucking fantastic so I hope you guys enjoyed this first look into 1980 slasher films uh, we've just covered 1980 to 1984 Like I said, not much from 83 or 84 to really stick in here. At least not high quality versions I could find anyway that were worthy of being stuck in here. Although people might argue, well, that uh, just before Dawn Track didn't sound too high quality, Lee. Well, fuck you, it's my favorite film. Slasher film anyway. So there you go. It gets a pass for that. Uh, We'll be back with 1985 to 1989 next month. And we'll also, of course have Lee Van Teeth showing up here on TMB DOS Radio with his annual Halloween rock show. And we have all kinds of other stuff planned for October. Who knows how much of it's going to be done. At the very least, we're going to try to have three official episodes. Uh, But uh, go to the actual They Must Be Destroyed On Site" podcast to hear about all the updates on that. So we're going to close off now. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you guys next month. Thank you for listening to Blood on the Tracks. For other episodes of this program, as well as episodes of our main podcast, They Must Be Destroyed on Site, please visit us at tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you, drive through.